Blessings family, it is the Ratchet Righteous Goddess herself, them chakras. Make sure you follow the podcast at D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Make sure you follow me over there on Instagram for your motivational minute each and every weekday at D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Make sure you follow me over there on Twitter where you receive way more ratchet than you ever were righteous at D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Hey y'all. Hey. If nobody's told you today, please let me be the first to say that I like you and I love you. And family, we still on lockdown. <laughs> that has not changed. Um, I, I'm having a moment. I will admit that I'm having a moment. Quick mental health check-in. Um, I just, I don't know. Like, I've been in a place, like, mentally where one minute everything is fine and then the next minute everything's not okay. Um, I'm, I'm dealing with it. I'm trying to, you know, handle some shadow work behind it. I think the more time I spend with myself, the more I realize some shit about me um, that I kind of like, I don't know if I was, I wasn't running from it. I guess it was just kind of like, you know, your life is busy with so many other things that you don't even bother to, you know, to think about these portions of yourself. But I definitely am thinking um, a lot more about me physically. I need to go the fuck outside I need to go to a gym I need to do something I don't know what shape I'm in like what shape I am shaped like but I'm out of it whatever it is I'm definitely out of it like I need to work out more um I I've been getting high a lot more too so I think that I got the munchies like a motherfucker um and I'm I'm trying not to do that as often I know that I know like the fuck it matters um my cycle was on recently and like I've told you guys on numerous occasions and I'll say it again I have endometriosis so the pain is really bad so um after speaking with the herbalist she told me to try like smoking weed because CBD wasn't working and the THC definitely does work I will admit that it definitely does work it's just I don't I don't like the um after effects of it like I don't like eating all the fucking time and I do notice a difference from when I smoke and when I don't smoke I don't eat as much when I don't smoke compared to when I do so, cause I just feel like it's like a never ending stomach when I, I'm like coming down off of a high and I don't really like that. So I don't think that that's going to be, um, in my regimen much longer. Um, just cause I don't like the, the after effects. Um, work is work. I'm still working from home and I'm thankful and shout out to all the essential workers that are like really busting their ass out there. Cause I know it's not easy. Um, I'm working from home and just work in general. Eleven eleven, I received it. I'm currently um, working from home. Not like currently right now, but working from home. And I actually took a mental health day today. Um, just because for like the past couple of days, I have not wanted to record. I have not wanted to do anything. I've just, I've been focusing on two other projects, um, like creative projects. And that is what really helps me to feel better. But I'm not saying that I don't like recording. It's just that there's so much to um, kind of, blind side us at this point um regarding the COVID-19 that there's not too much going on in the world and as being an extrovert normally just like instances and interactions with people is where I receive inspiration and I'm I really don't have that right now you know to like go outside and kick it with people which is partially the reason why I feel like mentally I'm not you know doing so well because as an extrovert I do depend on interactions with others and I'm not talking about like all the time but a lot of it is just you know being out and being in the world like I work in human services um so I I enjoy speaking with my customers and my clients and that's really where a lot of the inspiration comes from as well 
coworkers, just people in my everyday life, and I don't have that. So, kind of fucked up about that. Um, my great grandfather, like I told you guys probably like two episodes ago, is in home hospice, and um, I've been getting updates on him, and his dementia is setting in like a lot heavier. So it's a lot. It's it's not really hitting me too heavy because he's ninety three or getting ready to be ninety three. Well, in November he'll be ninety three, and so I don't. Um, I'm taking it hard, but I'm not taking it too hard because, like, you know, you've lived your life. You've had 93 years on this earth. I can't imagine, you know, like, him just being in a lot of pain and suffering. And he has so much, like, fluid on his body right now. Like, it's just, it's not a good look. Like, he's losing a lot of weight. Um, So that's kind of a part of, like, my mental process as well. Um, Just me as a person. So um, it's... It'll, this is going to be way more episodic until this whole pandemic is over. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, I don't think that you guys should be expecting an episode every week because I honestly don't see that happening. Um, Kiara and I, in reference to Best Friends Talking Shit, make sure you follow us over there at BF Talking Shit. That's B-F-T-A-L-K-I-N-G-S-H-I-T, no underscore. Um, we've been going, we've been in the same place, you know, where it's just like we kind of depend on the outside world for, you know, like topics and not like more so topics not inspiration but more so topics and things like that and it's really hard because nothing's really going on like we don't follow the shade room and things like that and I I do that for my mental she does that for her mental and I don't I'm not gonna sell my mental short for some content so it's just not gonna happen so um you know things are more episodic now than they would be you know consistent with recording so I just ask that you guys be patient with me um Instagram is the same way with the motivational minutes I'm not really all that motivated right now. Again, this is just me being honest. So I don't want you guys to think that it's me um, doing anything other than just trying to be me, trying to keep saying, I hope you guys are doing the same. I hope you guys are strong. I hope you guys are well. I hope you guys are healthy. I hope you guys are striving. I hope you guys are good. Um, I hope you guys are, you know, getting your stimulus checks and using it well, like all that. I just hope you guys are good. And, you know, as as much as I can be here for you guys, I definitely will be. Um but again, just being the family that you guys are and just being the tribe that you guys are and how supportive you are of me, I just ask that you give me time. Um, for those who I trust, keep me in your prayers. For those people sending out good vibrations and interceding to your higher powers for me. Um, those who I trust with my being, thank you all. Um, and just keep me in mind, you know, when it comes to good vibrations. Um, help me keep my energy up if you can, if you have, you know, any energy to assist. Um, I ask that you, you know, share a little with me. So, um, and I appreciate you guys for it. Now, with that being said, um, I didn't know what I wanted to talk to you guys about this week. And I guess it's, it's kind of a touchy subject when, when you talk about religion, just because it's religion. But at the end of the day, I'm not a religious person, so this doesn't feel as heavy to me. So for those people who do believe in the Christian faith, I apologize in advance if anything comes off as inappropriate to you or blasphemous to you um and not really inappropriate disrespectful to you that's not my intention this is just my situation um and my separation from christianity and how i went from religion to spirit you know to a more spiritual being or being a spiritualist um than anything and um just that overall um timeline like what that experience looked like i wanted to talk to you guys about it for a long time but I, I wanted to make sure that I mapped this out correctly because this ha- this has been like an ongoing thing. And the more that I pay attention to it, 
um, in reference to like my parents and like my brother and myself when it comes, and I'm talking about immediate family, like not like my immediate, I'm talking about immediate, like household family, um, growing up and how just impressionable religion was to me and how impressionable I think religion is to everybody and how and why so many black people are Christian, um, or Catholic. I don't, it's, it's a lot when it comes down to religion and I'm, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I did want to talk to you guys just about, you know, my experience overall. So, um, I grew up Methodist and if you guys don't know really what like the Methodist faith is, it's like a branch of Christianity. When I think about Christianity, I think about how many branches are like there's Baptist, there's Pentecostal, there's Methodist, there's, um, I can't even think of uh, apostle. What is it? Apostolistic or, or something of that nature. Like the apostles, there's so many different branches of Christianity and they're all pretty much the same. It's just that like the hymnals are way different. Like Baptist hymnals are way more like Southern based. And I feel like Methodist hymnals are more like Catholic based. Um, when, when I think about like just the hymnals that I used to sing, um, I think of, like Baptist churches as more being like the slave related church feel and like the Methodist being kind of like when the conversion started to happen and integration started to happen between black and white people and they could go to the same churches. I feel like that's where the hymnal for the Methodist faith comes from because it's so old. Like there are songs in the Methodist hymnal that are in the Baptist hymnal and like the, the lyrics are kind of different. Um, like leaning on his everlasting arms. Um, I can't think of the other one. I've been so separated from the Christian faith for such a long time, but I know that leaning on his everlasting arms is one that like really comes to mind. Cause I think about when my family used to sing it at like a Baptist church and then the church that I used to go to, the Methodist church that I used to go to, how different it was. That's one of the like songs that comes to mind, like the, the quickest it comes to mind and just how how different the two are but anyway there's multiple branches of christianity and i was under the methodist faith um we had something called the pontius Pilate. we had um we sang the lord's prayer we did tithes and offerings we did communion we did we 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 did baptisms we didn't have a baptismal pool at my church so we did it at the baptist church which wasn't that far um up the street from me or from our church um I was baptized twice. So I was christened when I was one. Um, that was like a whole thing, you know, like your godparents come out, you got to take this like oath that, you know, like you're going to watch this kid, like mom and dad croaks, you know, you got it. So, um, my godparents were there and I mean, I don't remember any of this shit. I've just seen photos. Um, I was christened at one and then I was baptized at, I think I was back. The first time I was baptized, I was like six. And then I rededicated myself to Christ and I had to be like 12 or 13. And we're going to talk about that because there was a point where I was like religious, bro, like super religious. Um, so my family, let's kind of go back a second and kind of talk about why I was, su- su- why I was religious. <laughs> so my, the first generation of my family um, consists of my 93 year old great grandfather, my 90 I'm sorry, he's 92, my 93-year-old great-great-aunt Margaret, my 80-something-year-old Aunt Jessie, and those are the ones that are still alive. And then they had four other siblings who have passed away. 
and they are they all grew up in the household with their father who was a reverend so that is kind of where it started and then from, his father was a pastor and so on and so on so that's kind of where it was in the beginning my family owns this huge plot of land in maryland and that's where most of my family lives there's a church there we have a cemetery we have all of that and then within the church that is where they do everything like everything and i think i've been to that church maybe twice in my life but my family frequents that church i don't want to say often like my family that lives down in like southern maryland that's where they go but my family has you know kind of found church homes just throughout the state of maryland or through baltimore city whatever so that's the first generation is who grew up in that like the family church so of course they had children so then it's like my grandmother my great great aunts things of that nature who more so frequent the churches that are in Baltimore City because that's where they migrated from. So they migrated from like Southern Maryland, Hanover, Maryland. My great-grandfather moved them into Baltimore City, of course, when he was like 20-something years old, started a family with my great-grandmother who passed away. Um, and they had seven children and totally different because my uncles, like I'm just thinking about my great, my great uncles, none of them go to church, none of them. My aunt, my great aunt is a pastor my grandmother is a a deaconess or something like that but we're gonna talk about that in a second and then my great my other great aunt is just very um I don't want to say she's not really religious now um and we'll talk about that too um she's 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 religious but she's not like woo -woo, but she she used to pay her tithes and offering every fucking Sunday like even the Sundays that she couldn't get to church so, and then they had children, so on and so forth. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. So let's get to this. So growing up, um, we talked about my christening. We talked about my baptism. My parents weren't very like religious at first. My mom has never been a super religious person. Like she believes in God more so now she believes in a higher power that she refers to as God, but it's not like the, the God of like the, um, cause we don't really follow they, again it's so complex um we don't really follow or my mom doesn't really follow the idea of like the bible's representation of god my mom just believes in a higher power my dad is a religious man my stepmom is kind of religious but we'll backtrack to my parents first like my biological parents so growing up i spent a lot of time in my grandmother's house and this is my grandmother who went to a fucking Jesus university. Like she went to a Bible university. Um, her and my um, great aunt, her sister. So growing up with them, I went to church every Sunday. Like that was the rule. We would come home, granny would make Sunday dinner or we would go to like go and corral or something. And then, you know, like you go through the rest of the week and then, you know, you go back to church on that Sunday. So I remember going to church. I remember being on the choir. I remember being on the usher board. I remember being, um, one of the lead dancers for our um our dance group i remember being like one of the youth leaders i remember being one of the um youth outreach coordinators i just i remember so many different things i remember being in the finance office um just a lot of things like just really hands-on with the church because my grandmother was taking me to church every sunday i'm talking about like dress to the nine you know easter sunday palm sunday good friday all that good jazz lint all that and then um my dad started going to church after a while and that's when my parents 
got a divorce. So when my parents went through their divorce, my dad got really into religion. I think because he was looking for an outside source of dependency because my dad loves hard and my dad does not like to have his heart broken. Like it really be a thing. Um, he gets really sad. He gets really down. He gets really depressed because my dad loves really, really hard. So when him and my mom were divorcing, my dad was frequenting church a lot more often. So he started doing things like, um, he wasn't on the usher board, but he used to deal with like the finance, um, department when it came to like collecting the tithes and offerings. Um, and then he was our lead, um, audio guy for a long time like him and the pastor sat down and talked about getting an audio system for the church and then my dad went to like multiple places to get this audio system so that the church could be more you know high tech and more up to date because like our microphones and stuff was running from like this portion of the organ so it just was sounding really bad so um we had ordered like a new piano and just all these different things and this was through multiple pastors um and things were good for a really really long time and I felt really close to God. I felt, you know, really religious, was reading my Bible. We used to have, like, vacation Bible school. I was going every, you know, every summer. It was a whole thing. Um, my Aunt Regina, who's a pastor, um, I used to, like, play with her cane and, like, you know, say sermons and things like that. Like, I, I for the most part, I remember all the books of the Bible. Um, Because it, it, that, that's just how I was growing up. That, those were just things that, like, you knew. Um, anytime I was reading the Bible and I didn't really know much of anything, I definitely would like reach out to my aunt Regina or reach out to my grandmother like, Hey, what does this mean? All that. Um, I got to be maybe like 11 and I started hanging out with the other kids from the church. And I realized that they were kind of like on the same time that I was on, like, this is getting, this is getting boring. This is getting redundant. You know, like your, your mind changes, you start focusing on other things there, you know, like the internet was starting to become, you know, more of a thing. So, like, I want to go home and be on MySpace. Or, you know, like, I want to go outside and hang out with my friends. Because my friends weren't really going to church. My cousins, who live next door to me, were going to church. They used to go to something called Awanas or Awana. I think that's what it's called. And I used to go with them. They used to go to, like, a white church. And it was a, it wasn't a Methodist church. I don't remember what kind of church it was. But it was definitely a church. And they had, like, a white pastor. And it was just like, Lord, I lived in They were, like, it was like that church. So, if I couldn't get to my church, I went to their church. Um... And just as time went on, I just noticed that the bus stopped picking them up on Sundays before I used to leave for church. So I was just like, oh, so, you know, like they're, they're not close to Jesus anymore. And it was like, I couldn't fuck with my cousins no more, but it was just like, what the fuck? Um, you know, like why y'all not going to church? And I got to be probably like 12 and we left our church. And that is when shit started to really like hit the fan with me paying attention to how the church ran. So from the time I was a kid to the time I was like 12, in, if you don't know, in the Methodist church, or at least in my church, there's a board of directors for the Methodist faith. Like, believe there's a whole conference and convention and all this shit. And you get assigned a pastor. Like, your church has to vote. There's like a board of directors for your church. Them, alongside the congregation, has to vote to keep the pastor for a certain elect elected amount of time. And we went through probably like five, maybe five pastors. Like I can think of a couple off of the top of my head, about five pastors and they were fine. And then, um, around like the time I was like maybe 10 or 10, 11 or 12, we got this pastor named Pastor Jones. Y'all, she was the fucking 
devil. And I think that's when it really started to hit me that like church folk, I'm not talking about Christian people. I'm talking about church folk. And it, my separation from Christianity and my separation from the church are two totally different things. But my separation from the church, well, that church was instantaneous the minute that she got there. So my cousin used to run our um, our choir, our youth choir. And one Sunday, or it was like one Friday or something, we were at choir rehearsal and we wanted to wear jeans for youth Sunday. And we did not see a problem with it. Like we had shirts made and everything. And we went to the pastor and she's like, no. And we're like, okay, is there a reason why? You don't wear jeans in church. And, you know, so people are kind of like using the, you know, word of God against her. Like God says, come and come as you are. She's like, not in my church. Okay, bitch. Um, so, you know, we just kind of wear like dress pants or whatever the case may be. We left it alone. Fast forward a little bit. There was, um, my cousin used to model and she was, she took some photos in like a t-shirt and like her breasts weren't out. It was just kind of like her cleavage, cleavage was out. And somehow that got back to the church. Like, she didn't take these pictures in the church. She took them in the studio. She didn't take them with anybody. They weren't really, like, super risque photos. But for a church, I guess it was. And they kicked her off the choir. Like, she couldn't be a choir director anymore. So she left the fucking church. That was strike two for me. I'm like, y'all niggas is tripping. So then we got this other lady that came. And then she started to, her name was Miss Angela. And Miss Angela was such a sweet woman. Miss Angela and Miss Zelda started to deal with the dance group and deal with the choir, the youth choir as well. Something happened with Miss Angela. I don't remember what happened. Like, Miss Angela was this very, like, busty woman. Like, she had really big, a really big chest and really big boobs. And really big chest, really big boobs. She had really big boobs. She had really big behind. And she never dressed, like, really risky for church or anything like that. But I remember one Sunday, she wore a pencil skirt or something. And then just after that, it's like we didn't see her anymore. And this all was dealing with my pastor. But by that time, my aunt had gotten really close to her. My aunt, who's a pastor, had gotten really close to her because my aunt became the assistant pastor of our church. So she had, she got really close to this woman. And this woman was so fucking, like, condescending, and she was so manipulative. And I think that my aunt is still cool with her to this day. But my that pastor was a fucking, Pastor Jones was a fucking narcissist. And she was this woman who, like, drove this Cadillac. Like, she was your typical, I gotta watch this bitch pastor. Like, that's who she was. And, like, we would have church dinners, and they went from being free to, like, charging people. And then we had, like, a church fund. But we nobody was moving our church. Our church burned down in, like, the 30s, and they rebuilt it. And it was beautiful. There was nothing wrong with the church. So, like, bitch, why did you, like, what what the fuck do we have a building fund for? But whatever. Our altar had been, like, um, re, you know, like, we had it reupholstered, so, like, the carpet was new. And, like, let me just paint the picture of the church real quick. Church was beautiful. We had these beautiful tiled floors that had like crosses within the tiles and it was like burgundy and cream and we had these oak um oak uh, oak pews that were so gorgeous and we had stained glass windows that we then had replaced to, to you know to just have like it, they were just beautiful insulated windows and we had this huge cross that would hang up at the front of the church and we had this beautiful burgundy carpet and it just was a beautiful fucking church the altar was beautiful the organ was beautiful we had this beautiful black piano i don't even think it was black i think it was like dark brown it was so beautiful they shined it all the time we had a drum set it just was a really aesthetically pleasing church downstairs was it kept like the old timey feel of the church so like the the tables were a little older and the chairs were but it made you feel so warm and so welcome when you came into the church and so you got to know the people the people were shitty as fuck 
um on top of this pastor so like she had like at one point she had cleaned out the fucking um we had this like extra closet and she cleaned all the shit out like made that an office put a tv in there a couch and she's like bitch who you think you are it was a whole thing so that was kind of my reason for separating from that church because my dad with him being like the lead um you know like the guy dealing with the audio like every now and then she would like call him in at these fucking asinine times because something was wrong and then like my dad would try to train the other men of the church to like you know be able to do it in case we weren't there one Sunday and like something would go wrong and then she's like blaming my dad for it and then my dad was taking money out of his pocket to like you know do things for the church and she was never appreciative and I'm just like at the end of the day this is not somewhere that we want to be so we stayed we stayed for her entire um her entire time of her you know being our elected pastor and then we got this new woman and y'all i after that i fucking left this woman was the devil and i can't even think of her name off the top of my head because i really just like to keep myself separate from this bitch like i don't like her at all she was horrible the i think the thing that hit me the most when I was just like I'm done with this shit we used to do a can drive every year because there was a woman's shelter around the corner and we used to do a can drive every year and then we used to do something where we would have like dinners at the church for the women and they would come in and we would talk to them and just you know, like offer them you know like our advice and things of that nature and I was in the youth group so it was me and like two or three other kids and we would take their the women the homeless women we would take their children into the other room and like play with them and do like coloring and stuff and we would have like a children's day so they would come and they would play and would back the school camera and we would give out book bags all of that the new pastor shut all that shit down. She's like, we can do a can drive for them, but they can't come back in here. Homeless people don't need the Lord. Like, homeless people don't need Jesus. Like, bitch, what are you talking about? She's just, I don't trust it. Whatever. It was just a thing. She was just really, really nasty. And she just talked about her church a lot. Like, nobody gives a fuck about your church. Nobody. I'm just being honest with you. Nobody gives a fuck about your fucking church. Like, her old church oh you know that that church did that that church did this man i remember when i was at that well bitch go back there why the fuck are you not there since it's such a beautiful church such a great church since they do so fucking much like bitch we're not them oh the food was different there okay well bitch go eat there like i don't have fucking time like i just she was a bitch the icing on the cake for me was not only the women's shelter situation but i started working by that time and i started working for um, Walgreens. I was working at Walgreens. I had three jobs at one point, y'all. I was working at, um, I was working at an after school program as the mental health and wellness teacher. I was working at Rainbow and I was working at like the clothing store and I was working at Walgreens and I had three jobs all at one time and I could not go to church on Sundays. I just, I couldn't do it because my schedule would not allow me. And I was getting more to the point where I was trying to be more financially free and I was trying to make more money because I was, I was getting up in age. Like this was, I had transitioned between that from the Methodist church and a non-denominational church at the non-denominational church. I was a Jesus freak. Like I started like speaking in tongues and just, it was a lot. Like this lady came, I can't remember her name. She, her last name's Valentine. She's like this famous white woman. She came to the church and I remember her like touching my head when I fell out, like I fell on the floor, I was shaking and shit. I remember my cousin Ray Ray went with me. Yes, I have a cousin named Ray Ray. Went to church with me one time and like she touched his head. He fell the fuck. It was a thing. That's where I got baptized again for the second time. And that church was horrible. Like my dad's been married three times. I've said that before. Um, my dad's second marriage was just kind of rocky and they went to marriage counseling through the church. And one day we were in church and the pastor kind of like 
told their business without telling their business, but they still felt like outed. And then like we found out that a lot of money was going more in the pastor's pockets than it were at the church. Like there was this building fund where we were supposed to, you know, try to raise a million dollars. And this church was huge. And we definitely should have met that goal. And like we never did. And the church ended up closing down. And then we had like this youth church that I would go to every Sunday um, called YSL, which was like, or YLS or something like that. And I would go there and at one point, like the DJs, we had a DJ, like y'all, we was rapping for Jesus. It was a whole fucking thing. And he stopped coming after a while. And then the guy that came, he stopped coming after a while. And he wouldn't necessarily preach. Like we had a youth pastor, but he wouldn't necessarily preach. He was just trying to like give us the game. Like there were Sundays we would talk about sex. We talk about drugs, we talk about everything. And it was more so like him trying to give advice. Like, listen, you know, growing up, it's going to be like this. Growing up, it's going to be like that. Like he really, he was like a, a convicted felon at one point. And he was telling us about the time, like, you know, he went to trial and um, they told him like, you know, you might as well just take your toothbrush. And he was like, he went in the bathroom and he got on the floor and he prayed to God. And like, he ended up getting off. Like it was a whole fucking thing. Like he was real, like the real nigga shit like there was times he was cursing and all that um that church shut down for a good reason because the fucking pastor was like a con artist and then it wasn't wasn't really him it was his wife like she took that money and like flew to ghana or some shit like she got the fuck out of there and their whole um their whole divorce was really public like in the state of maryland like it was on the news and everything and like all the jesus magazines and all that shit so we didn't go there anymore that was restoring life so if you guys have ever heard of that church on rice's town road yeah that church is no longer a thing um, so we were at Restoring Life, that just shut down. Um, so then I went back to my old church. So when I went back to my old church and I was there, that's when, pa- her last name is Wiggins, Pastor Wiggins. That is the bitch I'm trying to, <laughs> I really don't fuck with. So when I left Restoring Life, I went back to my old church and that's when Pastor Wiggins was a pastor. And that's that lady that was just like, no, we can't deal with the women's shelter. No, we can't do all of this. So anyway, I was working at Walgreens and she can't, she comes in and this is one Sunday after church and I don't know what the fuck she was getting, but I was working at the front and she's like, Hey, Crystal, she never, she doesn't remember anybody's name. And I'm going to tell you guys what happened to the point where I was going to fight this bitch. But anyway, um, she comes to the front and she's like, um, Hey Crystal. And I'm just like, Hey, hi, it's Christian. She's like, Oh, okay. Um, I haven't seen you around lately. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I've, I've just been working. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, yeah, um, something, something, something. Well, you have a good day, part-time member. Bitch, who is you talking to? What you mean, part-time member? I'll knock your fucking block off. Don't talk to me like that. Like, I was still sending my money for church because my aunt, I was living with my aunt at the time. And my aunt was really big on tithes and offerings. So I was sending my tithes every fucking, every fucking Sunday. And I'm just like, you mean to tell me, like, because I'm not, like, actively in the church like what the like what the fuck like that that hurt so fucking bad that was when I was just like I'm not doing that shit anymore the icing on the cake and I keep saying there was there was so many icing on the cake with this bitch the the icing on the cake for me was when my aunt was in a hospital because she got sick she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis um she never called she never called my aunt my aunt used to go to visit this woman in the hospital anytime that she got sick she never called my aunt or anything so my aunt ended up reaching out to her because the Pat Pastor Wiggins had gotten sick. And she's just like, yeah, I haven't been seeing you around a lot lately. She's like, yeah, I was, you know, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis about two months ago. And she was like, oh, okay. She's like, yeah, you know, um, I just thought that, you know, you had known. I thought that I, you know, I, I sent my information to go in the back of the, um, y'all, I'm going to recall it an obituary, the back of the program, um, you know, for the sick and shunning members. Because on the back of the programs at the church, they used to put, like, the people's address as long as, you know, you they were comfortable in their phone number so that you could reach out to them or send them a card or go see them, whatever. 
And she was like, oh, yeah, um, we got the information. She's like, yeah, you know, so I, everybody else that called, I just thought, you know, that you would reach out. And the pastor was like, for what? Bitch, what you mean? Like, my aunt, I know for a fact, she is probably in tithes alone for the amount of time that she was going to the church, probably like $20,000 in tithes. And I'm being honest, she was sending $20 every Sunday for decades. What the fuck? This bitch, I was just somewhere else with this bitch like I just I fucking could not I thought she was a lesbian at one point because like she would only deal with this one woman and we called her Kim I think her name was Keisha or something but she would only deal with this one woman and then like we had this assistant pastor named Reverend Conway and he was such a sweet man he had like a gold tooth in his dentures like he was cool as fuck he wore like really like you know like lit suits like Steve Harvey suits on fleek like he was really fucking like you know he was he was swagging you know and she would just talk to him any kind of way. And, like, he couldn't sit on the same side as her. So, like, she had to sit on the pastor's side. And then he had to sit on the other side. And, like, we couldn't have, we used to have, like, curate. I don't know what the fuck you call them. We used to have, like, curators for the program every Sunday. And they would, like, rotate off. She stopped doing that. Oh, Pastor Conway gonna do it. He's getting ready to fucking die. He can't stand up that fucking long. Like, bitch, help him. Like, what the fuck? It just was bad. So, that's when I just, I, I left church altogether. As I had gotten older, probably around like 15 my parents told me that I didn't have to go to church every Sunday but I was still going like I was still go, you know going with my grandmother or whatever and I really wanted to see my friends because I got in I a lot of the people who I grew up with I grew up with in the church so I still I still talk to like Andrew I still talk to Terrell every now and then not like you know these people but like I grew up with them like I've known them since I was a baby and I've known them since they were babies because some of them are younger than me so you you get to know these people you get close to them so I was still going to see my friends and then my friends stopped showing up I'm like what the fuck is going on and it's because their parents kept telling them like yo if you're gonna go to church and you're not gonna be interested or you're not gonna be like fully focused there's no need for you to go and my parents had started to get that way as well like it ain't no real need for you to go. My grandmother had a fucking field day. Like, she can't make the decision on whether or not she gets to go to church. She needs to go to church. She has to go to church. I remember my Aunt Regina calling me one Sunday, like, what is this I'm hearing that you're not going to church anymore? And I'm just like, I don't really, you know, like, want to go. But that doesn't affect my relationship with God. Well, you need to go to church because, like, that's your recharge. That's your this. That's your that. And I'm just like, I could do that from home. You know, church be on the television all the time. It, it's not the same. Okay, whatever. Um, my mom had gotten really sick and she had been going to church for a while. And then like, that was the whole thing. There was just, there was a lot of times where I just was like, I, I can't do that shit anymore. So my separation from the church had a lot to do more so with like my, the leadership there. Um, I had this pastor who was so dope. His name was Pastor Savage, Reverend Savage, Savage. And he was an amazing man. He had such an amazing story. I would love to get him on the show just so you guys could like hear his story. His story is amazing. He was Muslim. Um, and then from being a Muslim man, he got into this really bad altercation with a cousin of his who left him for dead. Um, and then he converted over to Christianity. So whether or not he's still Christian, I don't know. We haven't talked to him since the, the pastor like basically banned him from the church all because he was becoming a bit more, Sorry, my neighbors are ghetto as fuck. Um, just because he was gaining, like, a popularity within the church, people were really, like, gravitating towards him, and she didn't like that. But the spotlight wasn't on her. So, um, I haven't really talked to him since then. I know we're still friends on Facebook. He posts every now and then, but I don't ever see him, like, going to church on Sunday. Like, you know, if I check it on a Sunday, he's not, like, dressed for church or anything like that. So, I don't know what the status of that is. 
Um, but he was such an amazing man. And there were just so many instances where I just was like, I can't do this with this woman. Like those last two pastors were really what did it for me. I stopped going to church when I was probably like 17. I, I think by, cause it was definitely during my high school years. I, well, maybe let me say like 16 cause I graduated from high school at 17. So probably like 17, I stopped going to church like altogether from like 13 to like 16. It was inconsistent. 17. I was like, I'm not doing this shit anymore. Um, now my separation from the, from the religion wasn't until I was, I'm 26 now. 20, maybe 22. This was probably the year before I had my son. Um, I went through, and we've had this conversation before y'all. I've gone, I went through something really traumatic, like really detrimental to like my overall being. 